You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. children for years. They had forsaken God. They had practiced idolatry and they did hideous abominations and God says, I've had it. What's done is done. While Josiah's heart was right, the people continued to be thrown away. And you'll see that after Josiah dies, they go right back. They go right back to their old ways. Right back to their old ways. Sadly, as Pastor Dave will point out in today's message, Our own nation has been on a destructive course that has ramped up significantly over the last few decades. Is the answer to seize political power and shield ourselves from wickedness, or is it to allow our hearts to be transformed by God's love and to overflow onto others? Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 22 as he continues his message, One Last Revival. They seem to forget one. You can't destroy God's word. You cannot keep God's word silent. We had a dear friend of ours. Her name is Noreen. And she had a fire in her apartment. You remember that, Beatrice? She had a fire in her apartment. And it was not nice. She had her Bible sitting on her coffee table in the house. The fire burned everything around it, but the coffee table and the Bible was still perfectly there. We couldn't believe it. You walked in and went, wait, we saw, I went, get out of here, no way. It was so wonderful. It was so cool how that Bible was perfectly intact. No. They found the copy of the book of the law. They discovered it while they were cleaning the temple. And you get in your heart right with God. When you're cleaning your temple, you're going to want to go to the word of God. You're going to want to go back to the Word of God. You're going to look for that. True revival always includes getting back to the Word of God. And as incredible as it may seem, Word of God had been lost in the house of God. (laughs) Figure that out. The Word of God had been lost in the house of God. Sadly, folks, it's happening today. Many churches are not reading the Word of God on a regular basis. It's become secondary or even non-existent. Instead of the Word of God, many churches are still buried in tradition, they're buried in ritual, and they are buried deep into the religious box. Thought I forgot about the religious box, didn't you? Buried deep in the religious box. And that's a sad thing when the Word of God becomes buried, when the Word of God becomes unused, when the Word of God is not taught. In a time of restoration, in a time of revival, a copy of the Word of God was found in the temple, and Shaphan got it, and he got it, and he read it. Oh, I would have loved to have seen what his heart was doing when he read it. When he read it, he probably had never read it. He probably had never read the Word of God. He didn't even know what it was, but he opened it up and started reading it. I go, oh, man, true revival brings forth a fresh appreciation 
for the word of God. True revival brings forth a fresh appreciation for the word of God. When the word of God is read, the emphasis of the people change. It touches people's heart and their lives begin to change. And after reading this wonderful word of God, after reading this wonderful document, I got to share this with somebody, he says. He said, I got to share this with somebody. Look at verses 9 and 10. So Shaphan, the scribe, went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house. Whoop, eight and nine, did I? No, nine and ten. I'm sorry. Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered to the hand of those who do the work and oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan, the scribe, showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. I love this. I love this. He didn't just give the book to the king, say, here, king, we found this book, hoping that the king would read it. No, he was so excited about the book, he read it to the king. <laughs> I wonder how long it took him, took him to read the, read the book though. What did he have? Well, everybody believes that he probably had the, the first five books of the Bible. He probably had that, if that was all, he could have just had Deuteronomy. They're not sure. They're not 100% sure what to do, but the, but the book of the law, the Pentateuch, is the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. The Torah contains Isaiah. I love it. He gives it to the king and he reads it to him. They read the word of God together. Ah, I love John Corson. He says this, quote, This single copy of the law was not placed in an airtight container or placed in a museum. No, it was read. The key is to read the Bible, not just own one. And when I read this, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, especially you guys at home. How many of you grew up with a family Bible that sat on a table somewhere? There's a great big, thick monster Bible, probably had pictures and stuff in there, sat on a table somewhere and got real dusty because it was never opened. I did. <laughs> there was a, that, that, what, come on. The key is to open the Bible. You got one? Open one and read it. I read it. You know, these family heirlooms, the family Bible has all the names in there and things like that. The greatest treasure, one of the greatest treasures I found, was after my mom passed away in 2008. When she passed away in 2008, I knew it was there because I had used it to read to my father. It was her Bible. And I have it now. It's in my possession. And I always wondered about my mom's salvation, but I know that she was saved because my pastor, Frank Ippolito, had gone to her when she was in the hospital, and he had come back and saw me after he went to the hospital. He said, you don't have to worry about her. But praise God. That was wonderful. But I found her Bible, and I opened it up, and there was her name. It was given to her when she was such and such an age from this Baptist church that she went to. It's so cool. And it becomes a treasured possession of mine. I, still, I have it. I have it, and I love it. Yeah, Bibles look good on the table, but they work better in your heart. <laughs> they work better when they're read and they're in your heart. What did the king do? What effect did this have on the king? After Shaphan read the Bible to him, the word of law. Look at verse 11. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. He tore 
his clothes. He tore his clothes. That's what the Bible does. It cuts right to the heart. Tearing your clothes, which meant you were absolutely disgusted with something. The king was disgusted that here's the word of God, and it's telling him what he knows, and he's cut to the heart, and he's ripping his clothes in disgust because they have never read it until now. He's ripping his clothes. It cuts to the heart because it's always a matter of the heart. When we read the word of God, it cuts to the heart, changes our lives, and faith is built. The Bible's a double-edged sword. Cuts between the bone and the marrow and discerns. He rips his clothes. And this is the beginning of something, folk. As he ripped his clothes, it's the beginning of another thing. Cleansing the temple for revival. Reading the word of God for revival. And true repentance. True repentance from godly sorrow. He ripped his clothes when he realized just how far away from God he was. Even though he considered himself a godly man. When he realized just how far away he was, how far away the nation was, he ripped his clothes and he wanted to get back as the Bible cut right to his heart. If there is to be a revival, folks, it must return to the word of God. Josiah tore his clothes as a sign of brokenness. He rends his heart because the word of God cut him to the quick. And he wants clarity. I love this about them. He wants to be taught. I love this. He read something, and he wants clarity now. He wants to be taught. This is one of the reasons why we teach the Word. This is one of the reasons why it's so important for us to teach the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. We read something, and we teach about it. We don't skip over it. That's why I said, we're going to read every single name in those chronicles. I can't wait. <laughs> but Josiah asked for clarity. He asks for clarity. Let's read verses 12 and 13. Then the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, Achem the son of Saphan, Abor the son of Milkiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Azaiah the servant of God, king saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and all for Judah concerning the words in this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that was written concerning us. Wow. Wasn't that Josiah didn't know how to seek the Lord? He did. But he was under conviction for such sin that had taken place. He didn't know what to do next. He didn't know what to do. So he sends these people out to go find out. He knew that the kingdom of Judah deserved God judgment from God. He could not hear the word of God or respond to the spirit without seriously confronting the sins of the kingdom, which he was king over. And the king was responsible for the kingdom. That's why Judah was going down the tubes because of Manasseh. The king was responsible. He wants to know what's going on. He's asking God, what do I do? What should I do? Is this new? No, this isn't new at all. Because if you go to Acts chapter 9, in this great chapter 9, you know the chapter where Paul is on his way to Damascus. And a light appears to him. And he falls off his horse. And he speaks and in verse 6, so he, Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
The Lord will have something for you to do when he brings you into true repentance, when he brings you into true revival into your heart. And in turn, when there is true repentance in your heart, as he comes to you, there'll be something to you do. Repent, confess, make up, do whatever. Tell somebody he's going to have something for you to do. So these guys, these guys go out and they go to a prophetess. Let's go back to the scripture. They go to a prophetess. Look at verse 14. So Hilkiah the priest, Achim, and those guys went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikva, and the son of Harhash, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they spoke with her. Now, I have to ask you a question, all my scholars out there. We always pick on Tom. I don't know why we do, but we always pick on Tom. Hilkiah is the high priest. Anybody know what his son's name was? Jeremiah. Why did they go to Jeremiah? <laughs> Why did they go to the prophet Jeremiah? <laughs> In fact, there were two prophets on the scene during that time. Jeremiah and Zephaniah were both active prophets during that time. But they don't go to those. They go to this woman, Huldah, who had some sort of insight and was sensitive to spirit, it says in Second Chronicles. So she delivers the word of God to the men. And it's interesting that they go. Now, it shows you that women are very valuable to the word of God. They're very valuable in the word of God because there are many prophetesses mentioned in the book. One of the judges was Deborah, the prophetess. How about Anna, the prophetess who prophesied over Mary and Jesus back in Luke? So there, there you have these ladies who are very, very important in the work of the Lord. So in 15 through 17, it says, Then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants. All the words of the book that the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. The first thing the Lord says is I'm going to bring calamity upon this place and all the inhabitants. Josiah, Josiah knew that Judah deserved this punishment. He knew that punishment was going to come. Sin causes consequences. Judah and its leaders had walked against the Lord for way too long, and they did not genuinely repent to avoid the eventual judgment. The die was cast. What, done, what was done was done. She pointed to the truth of God's word. All the words of the book. God's word was true even the promises of judgment. God's faithfulness is demonstrated as much as his judgment upon the wicked because of his mercy and his long-suffering. And he continues to look for repentance. Many only claim the good verses in the Bible. Many of us love to claim the good verses in the Bible. And we love to put them all over our refrigerator door. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. The power of his resurrection. I'm going to have some cards made up that said the fellowship of his suffering. If you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must suffer. I'll pass those out. They'll probably get thrown back at me. <laughs> we all love it. But we need the full counsel of God. We need the full counsel of God. We need to know the good promises. And we need to know the bad promises as well. 
It's the bad promises that will change our lives. It's the bad promises that will help us as we read God's word. We can't skip and choose. That's why I love Calvary Chapel so much. Is we go line by line, verse upon verse. We don't skip anything. But it's hard sometimes because some of these passages go, oh, man, do I really want to teach this? Yeah, we have to give the entire counsel of God. It's almost like the Lord was saying to Josiah, I've got good news and I got bad news. The good news is, the bad news is, I'm going to wipe this place out. Judah is gone. I'm taking them away. They're gone. That's the bad news. The good news is, you're not going to be here. You're not going to be here. You're not going to see it with your own eyes. This is good news. You won't happen. Let's read 18 through 20. But as for the king of Judah, she says, who sent you to inquire of the Lord in this manner, you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which you have heard. Because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and curse, you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Therefore, surely I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace and your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place. So they brought back the word to the king. Josiah had a tender heart. I like that. And God heard him and God saw him. God saw the trueness of his heart when he, when he read the words and he heard the words. When the Old Testament, it had to be Deuteronomy where God was talking about blessings and cursings. When God was talking about those things that could happen. And he was giving them a choice. Then Gusick said Josiah's heart was in tender in two ways. First, it was tender to the word of God and was able to receive the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit. And second, it was tender to the message of judgment from Huldah in the previous verses. So the Lord answers and makes clarity to Josiah because he consulted him. Then he went to him. That's the way they did things back then. We have it so much better, folks. We have the Holy Spirit. We can go right to the Holy Spirit and ask, what's going on? What's happening? And then we sit and wait for him to tell us. Josiah, hard times are coming. But because your heart was tender, because you humbled yourself, you'll not see these things when you're alive. Even though great revival was happening. I mean, a huge revival was happening. And we're going to read next week about this great revival. It really is cool what he does to bring the people back. As I started out, the die is cast. What's done is done. Sin had been planted in the hearts of the people and that plant would grow and root and a harvest would take place. They slaughtered children for years. They had forsaken God. They had practiced idolatry and they did hideous abominations and God says, I've had it. What's done is done. While Josiah's heart was right, the people continued to be led away and you'll see that after Josiah dies, they go, right back. They go right back to their old ways. Right back to their old ways. Even after all the things that Josiah does. So what is the Lord saying to us today? Well, we're living in a nation that was founded on Christian principles, but a nation that has turned its back on our God, on the Lord. We too have fallen into idolatry. We too worship foreign gods. We too sacrifice our children. We do sacrifice our kids. Our beloved country has fallen, fallen deep. Has it fallen past the point of no return? I don't know. 
I don't know. But I do know revival still is an option. Even if our country is doomed, I know that revival is an option. Do you have a tender heart towards the Lord? Have you humbled yourself before him, confessing your sins? Have you turned from your sins in true godly repentance and walked the other way? Are you reading the word of God and asking for direction? Asking, what can I do? Are you praying with a fervent heart? Is your heart broken for the things that break God's heart? You cry because you see sin the way God sees sin. Yes, 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 we all want revival. Oh, we've been praying for it a lot. We all want revival. But are we willing to let revival begin in our hearts? Are we willing to be the one to fall on our face before the Lord and say, use me. Let it begin with me. Are we willing to say to God, do it. Start with me. Cleanse my heart. Search my ways. When was the last time you were on your knees before the Lord in prayer and supplication? Mark talked about denying the flesh on Monday night. And there's no better way to deny the flesh than a fast. You can fast food. That doesn't fast food. You can, you can do a fast with food. You can do a fast with TV. You can do a fast with many other different things. One of the reasons they did a fast with food is because it affects you so much. It affects the flesh so much. I mean, when's the last time you were on your knees before God? Yes, I believe revival can still happen, but it has to be God's way. Revival can't be the way I want it. It has to be the way God wants it. And God has given us a script for revival in his word. He has told us how revival happens in his word. When we cease from striving in the flesh to accomplish something holy and spiritual, when we knock down the religious box and we come out, when we jettison our programs and our formulas and turn only back to his word for all the advice we need, when we forsake the help, self-help books, the Christian self-help books, but go to the real self-help book. One commentator I read, love this, said, we need to divorce ourselves from the world. Not only in our own lives, but in the life of the church as well. You know that old adage, well, you know, it takes a village. No, it doesn't. It takes one heart. One heart turned towards him in prayer, supplication, in oneness with him, in true repentance, in cleansing the temple of God, on your knees, reading the word of God, and asking to be used. That's what it takes. Are you willing to say, oh Lord, let it begin with me? I hope you are. I am. I'm ready. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 2 Kings with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. There's a theme that you notice throughout this book. A person's actions have consequences. In the case of the majority of kings in this book, it was evil actions that incurred negative consequences. Do you think God enjoys handing out consequences for sin? On the contrary, just as a parent would prefer willful obedience, 
God desires for people to seek after Him and follow what He says because it's best for them. When that isn't the case, it grieves Him to put forth discipline, but it's always with a heart for people to come back to Him for their good. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time in God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Everything you need to know is on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 2 Kings today. We hope you'll join us again on Assure Hope. Oh